welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting over episode 1 of One Punch Man. If you'd like to watch along, start watching now. So this first scene here is sort of our introduction to the world and some of the characters. There are all kinds of monsters that just sort of run amok and destroy things. And this particular monster here, I believe, is uh, pretty high up there in the hierarchy. So, what we're seeing here is the Hero Association, HQ, and they sort of, like, dispatch heroes to take care of things. There we have Smile Man and Lightning Max, and if I recall correctly, they are a B-class and A-class hero, respectively, meaning they can hold their own decently well, but despite that, they still got wrecked pretty quickly. So that... It sort of serves as, I guess, a measuring stick by which we can measure the main character, Saitama. So this is where we really start to learn what this is all about. Saitama's just in it for the fun of things. He constantly fights all sorts of very serious monsters and villains with serious motivation. He doesn't care about any of that, he just wants to have fun. So despite being the chosen apostle of Mother Earth, sent to wipe out humanity, all it took was one punch.
So now we have a sort of um, origin story for Saitama. Because, you know, we've seen him as a hero capable of splattering a big monster with one punch, but this is him before all of that. At this point, he's just a salary man who hates his job. You know, I can certainly relate to the sentiment that Saitama is uh, producing, I suppose. You know, there's something utterly soul-crushing about job hunting. So, for all the seriousness and extreme violence that there can be in One Punch Man, I think there's, like, a nice inherent silliness to it that sort of balances it out. Like, that monster became a monster as a result of eating a lot of crab. And some of the people are just plain weird looking. And there's sort of, like, a mix of realism and surrealism that makes everything just a little silly. So, Saitama's thinking to himself, you know, I could just walk away and no one really cares. And that that's like the typical response that any normal person would have. But before he even realizes what he's doing, he saves the kid. And, you know, it's actions like that that are really defining of a person's character. So now Saitama has a choice to make. The crab monster tells him if you go away now, that's fine. But if you stay, I'll make sure you never have to search for a job again. Now, tellingly, we know that Saitama is... Uh, Super strong, super durable. But interestingly enough, you know, he got swatted like 20 feet away and he's still standing. And it appears that he's not much worse for wear. You know, I don't imagine many people could stand up after something like that. 
So here's some of that heart-stopping gore. You know, he basically tears this guy's guts out through his optic nerve. That's a pretty gnarly way to die. But ultimately he does the job. He might have gotten the tarp beaten out of him, but in the end, he triumphed over the crab monster. However, in the three years since that day, he sort of lost his passion for being a hero. It's something he still does and something he still wants to do, but, you know, nothing is a challenge for him. I, I really dig the nonchalance of Saitama. You know, there's clearly, like, some kind of monster preparing to rampage around, and he's digging through his coin purse for exact change. So here we have another pair of villains, and it's two brothers this time. One of them is more, I guess, intellectually minded, whereas the other one has a more robust physical form. And in working together, they've managed to create a monster out of the younger brother, a giant colossus. So, the pair that have delusions of grandeur, they plan to conquer the earth and rule over it. And, indeed, it would seem like they have a pretty good claim, considering the younger brother stomps buildings with ease and a swipe of his hand can knock over city blocks entirely. So, while the two brothers are rampaging, <laughs> Saitama just kind of shows up. <laughs> Whoops. So, 
See, this is what happens when you train only your body and not your mind. Of course, considering this guy thinks that he's the strongest man on Earth, Saitama's pretty happy because he might get a challenge out of it. Even being thrown through a building the long way doesn't really do much to him. So, interestingly, the giant here is sort of feeling what Saitama feels. It's empty being the strongest. But, of course, the giant isn't really the strongest. So after all of that, Saitama managed to beat all the monsters, but both City D and B were roughed up pretty hard. Now we have Saitama giving a little exposition. You know, he, he doesn't really care so much that he's not stopping all the monsters but that in and of itself is also sort of a problem because he's not feeling very much of anything and if you don't feel any emotion at all then what's the point of living really So even as this monster explains its whole deal to Saitama, he's really just continuing his inner monologue. He doesn't care. Really, the, the most that came out of that encounter was he broke his eggs that he had bought. So this bit is probably one of my favorite sequences in all of One Punch Man. Some monsters come and they destroy his house and they give him a pretty good run for his money. You know, the monster actually manages to smack him and make him bleed a little bit. 
More than that, the monster isn't just some one-off creature like the giant or the lobster man, but a subterranean, one of the true earthlings. And they've decided that, you know what, it's time to claim the surface world. So if Saitama is in fact the only one who can stand up to them, then he's got a real fight. The subterraneans are dropping some serious exposition. They claim to have already wiped out 70% of Earth's population. So, for Saitama, this is essentially exactly what he's been hoping for. A real fight with real stakes where he can feel things again. Here we get some nice delicious gore and a nice song of the soundtrack as Saitama goes ham on these subterraneans. It's sequences like these where Studio Madhouse really does what they're good at. No, they really did a good job on this first season of One Punch Man. It's a shame they didn't do the second one. And I like how in this scene, Saitama's fighting so hard that his clothes are destroyed. Not because the subterraneans are hitting him and tearing them, but he punched so hard that his sleeve exploded. This impassioned speech that he's giving is good stuff. I like it. And he fights with a fire and fury that you really don't see from him any other time. Because normally, throughout most of the anime, Saitama's not very expressive. Or if he is, it's for like a joke or a gag. But in this one instance, it's actually genuine emotion that he's feeling. And as he's getting really exhilarated by the fight, you can hear his heart beating. It's a nice touch. As he stands atop a mountain of corpses, about to face down the king of the subterraneans. You know, everything sort of comes back to him. This is what it means to be alive. Of course, it was not to be. It was only a dream. 
However, his dream might have been a, a portent of things to come. There actually are subterraneans that have come to conquer the surface. But, much to Saitama's disappointment, the real subterraneans are far wimpier than the ones from his dream. In fact, his uh, dynamic entry that kicks the subterranean king of the head is enough to repel their entire invasion. So here we have a trailer for the next episode. There's a character we've not yet been introduced to examining all these withered corpses of cows and cattle. And he's walking in the direction of the big city, presumably where Saitama lives. Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next episode. See you, Space Cowboy.